Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Friday, if you missed anything with our conversation with Wyatt Thompson in the first hour, Voice of the Wildcats looking ahead to Troy, looking back on the SEMO game, you can go back to KFH Radio, listen to that. Uh, welcome in here to hour number two. I'm Jacob Albrock alongside Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing, Paul Savage coming in to make some picks. We appreciate you listening to us here on KFH. We appreciate you watching us on our video streams on Facebook on YouTube, on Twitch, thanks to the emails that we've gotten in reaction to some of the Chiefs. We'll try to get to that as well, the comments, everything. Uh, this is a wild Friday, as if you're watching on the video stream, Paul Savage pops in now. Fellas, uh, you know, picks are here. Jad, I, are we imagining things? Like, did Paul win last year? Did he hang on to that? I don't remember anything. <laughs> well, well, let me just put it this way. Jad, go ahead. Go ahead and answer the question. I was going to answer the question by saying Paul absolutely won it. In fact, he, he kind of won it early on and yep. sort of cruised to a victory. Jacob was out fairly early, and really <laughs> nobody could catch up to Paul. I like to use the word domination. You know, it's, Would yep. that be accurate, Jad? Domination? I, I, I would say domination. There you go. Yeah. Hey, and by the way, I haven't gotten my my, my – uh, Super Bowl ring yet? I mean, I and this, uh, uh, Jostens has not, you know, delivered my ring. Uh, Jacob, would you check on that over the weekend for me, please? Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll get you a trophy. You don't oh, don't worry about that. Oh I'll, I'll get you something. I, I uh, something. <laughs> there you go. Well, all right, uh, we'll get you a, with a you plaque. Uh, we'll get. I'll get you a plaque with a big old picture of my butt on it, oh, Paul. How about that? You, you know, hang it right, that was an right over your fireplace. I'm going to live with the rest of the day. I, I can't see any Chris. Hey, by the way, Tommy, what's this Detroit Lion crap you're spewing? Wasn't it me, if I'm not mistaken, who I said about a year ago after Hard Knocks featured it the was. Detroit Lions that this go. was a that this was a team coming up. This was a team that was going to go places. How much did I like Dan Campbell? I believe I liked him a lot. He's old. You do. I mean, you know something? I, I swear to gosh, I can't leave you guys on a radio show for one day by yourselves without having we'll to do a little bit of correction. We'll give you chances to pick Detroit. We'll give you chances to pick team. Detroit. Not, 
not they're this week. Fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're they're good. I'll give them that they're good. They're not great. They're just they're not. And and until they prove to me that they are, I'm going to stick by that. I think they're a fine football team. They got the win last night. I'm not ready to crown them. They're going to become America's team is what's going to happen. You uh, know. Wow, that is insightful. I it's think just you're everybody exactly loves right. Dan Campbell, and the and the Lions have sucked forever. It's, right. I mean, that's all it is. And he's one of uh, the, all right. One of the few throwbacks of, of of old school football. The guy is an old fashioned football coach, and you know there's still a place in the world for those kind of guys, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, Mike Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel, they're they're having success. Sure. These old school guys. Andy go. Reid's an old school guy. That's right. Uh, all right, let's. Let's get into the picks here because we got 10 games. We'll do this just like we did last year. We'll pick uh, typically anyway, five games from the college world, five games from the NFL world. Of course, these all go against the spread. Uh, we're not making this easy. It's incredibly difficult. Paul is the defending champion. Uh, we can officially put that in the rearview mirror and throw it in the trash and never talk about it again <laughs> because it is a new year. It is 2023. Uh, Here we go. Jad's always got the receipts on it. Jad hit the music. Let's make some picks. Paul, you're the defending champ. You get to go first. boy. Up first this week is KU. They're three-point favorites tonight against Illinois. We don't really know about Jalen Daniels yet. Last week we learned you don't know about Jalen Daniels until the first snap of the game because everyone thought he was going to start and he didn't play at all. KU minus three at home. What do you think? You know, this is a tough one. I don't know that Illinois is very good either. And I just don't know enough about KU. The Jalen Daniels thing is a little bit of a worry. If he was playing, I think this would be a no-brainer. But on the other hand, if he was sure he was going to play, it wouldn't be minus three. This is a tough one. And just because I know Tommy, knowing like the back of my hand on this pick, Tommy's going to take KU. I'm taking Illinois. Okay. Paul's got Illinois in the points. Tommy, uh, you finished second last year. You can go second on this. What do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at what a middle of the road Big 12 team potentially in KU versus a middle of the road potentially Big 10 team in Illinois. So, I like the matchup a lot. I mean, I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams tonight. Illinois got a, a pretty salty defense. They struggled offensively for a majority of the game last week against Toledo before coming around and, and winning the game overall. That being said, though, I think Jalen Daniels plays. I think he starts. I think he's effective. And I think that they've got the majority of their offense healthy. It looks like Luke Grimm is going to play. I like the running backs at KU. I think the Jayhawks win, and I think they cover. I'm going to take them, and I'll go ahead and give the points. Yeah, Toledo put up 28 on Illinois last week. Illinois also got a short week to deal with. KU does not. KU played Friday last week, played Friday this week, so they're not dealing with that. They're at home. I'll take KU, too. I really do think if Jalen Daniels was fully healthy here, I think this number would be, you know, maybe around a touchdown. So it's sort of an opportunity uh, for KU, too. I I'll take KU in the and give the points here. As much as anything, I just don't. I don't buy into Illinois much, I don't uh, so no. I'll take the Jayhawks and 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 give and give the three points there at home as Illinois comes in on a short week. Uh, Troy and K State, K State. We talked about this with Wyatt Thompson. I, I don't think we'll have a you know a Tulane sabotage factor of last year, even though Tulane turned out to be really good. So it wasn't totally a sabotage. Tommy, you'll be up first here. Sixteen and a half points, a pretty big number against a team that hadn't lost in a long time. Yeah, I like the Wildcats a lot, and I, I think they're going to win the game. I'm just not sure that they're going to cover 16 and a half. I mean, Troy is a 
completely different opponent than SEMO was a week sure. ago against Kansas State. They've got a great running back in Vidal. They've got a filthy, filthy defense, Troy does. And so that being said, I think 16.5 is a little bit too big for my liking. The Wildcats win, but I think Troy covers. I'm going to take them plus 16.5. Here's what happens for me, and this happened last year with K-State too a lot. I think people undersell their defense, and it helps them cover numbers. So the defensive performance last week for K-State makes me feel better about a number as big as this because I think that you know Troy has to prove that they can come into Manhattan and do something against K-State's defense. K-State you know, may not be as high-powered offensively as they were last week, but I think the defense translates. I'll take the Cats. I kind of like this one this week. I have, I have real money on this game. We'll see. Troy can prove it. They lost guys too, though. I think K-State showed me enough last week to think that there's going to be a lot of early season buzz around the Wildcats, and this will be one of the few opportunities uh, that we get good numbers to give them a bet. Paul, what do you think? Well, this is the third easiest game to pick of all 10 games that we're picking today, and it would be KSU to cover for the 16 and a half. Uh, this is a home game. There's something to prove. You're heading into the Big 12 season. I think this is the game that they will cover. I've taken K-State. All right, I'll go first on this next one. I put it on here because it's a little fishy. Uh, OU has something to prove this year. Last week, they absolutely did it. Uh, it just an absolutely, almost, I mean, perfect performance in the opener. They, they won huge. They get SMU coming into Norman this week. 15 and a half points. After what we saw last week, I, 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 there's something fishy here. I'm going to take OU, but man, that, that I, you'd think that this line might be a bit bigger. Maybe it's because of last year. I nervously take OU to cover 15 and a half. Paul, what do you think? Uh, there, you know, I think this is the easiest game to pick of all the games that we have. I think this is the easiest game we have. 15 and a half points. SMU granted, hey, congratulations, you're going to the ACC, but you're not in the ACC yet. So I'm going to take Bama, or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to take OU. Uh, OU is going to probably cover by 25. I mean, that's kind of my guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking OU. Tommy, it does seem like the easiest on paper, but it, it is, it's a strange one to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to make it a clean sweep. I think the Sooners will cover uh, that minus 15 and a half number. I think that from what we saw a week ago with Brent Venables, you mentioned the phrase, they're on a mission. And I think that they are too. Now, I don't think that they're quite as talented as, you know, Texas and, and K-State at the very top of the Big 12, but I think that they could make a little bit of a run in their final year in the conference, and they had a pretty dominant victory in Week 1. I'm going to take them to cover that number against SMU this weekend. Paul, you're up first again here with the game of the weekend in college football. Texas-Bama, a little SEC preview for the future conference foes, but uh, two of the premier programs in the country uh, as far as exposure and all these things. Bama, seven-point favorites at home against the Longhorns. What do you think? Personally, this is going to be a, a, a pick that I make based upon what I hope. And I don't mind seeing Texas spanked. Seven points might be pretty accurate. I think it's probably close. Texas is going to be better than we all think they're going to be. But I'm taking Bama, and I hope they spank them by about 21. I'm taking Bama. Tommy, what do you think there? It's a tricky one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that everyone is very, very, very high on the Longhorns this year as, you know, this is kind of the year for them. 
I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I fully entirely buy it. And the fact that they're playing Alabama, and I know that we're not talking about Alabama as this dominant force this season. I know we're not talking about that this year, but to me, that number, it, it screams to me an Alabama cover. So I'm going to take the Crimson Tide minus seven. Guys, I didn't see enough from Texas last week, uh, you know, for my liking. They're playing this game in Tuscaloosa. I, I do think Bama might be a, a national championship team this year. Like, I, I I think they absolutely can can compete up there at the top. I like Alabama quite a bit here to cover the seven. And, and it's I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I'm not like most Big 12 fans. Like, I want to see Texas go to the SEC and have a ton of success. I don't think it's going to happen this week. I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they're ready to go to Tuscaloosa and win a game like this. Uh, Oregon at uh, taking on Texas Tech. Texas Tech is uh, insanely disappointed, and I think Oregon hung like 81 points last week. Tommy, you're up first here. You think the Red Raiders can bounce back plus six and a half at home against that juggernaut in Oregon? I mean, they need a bounce back, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I, you know, I know that when you're looking at Big 12 teams and their opening schedule, I'm not sure that any team has had it more difficult than Texas Tech to start the season. It was a letdown in that true road game against Wyoming, although I think a lot of people don't recognize how good Wyoming actually is under Craig Bowl, and you know they don't get a ton of attention, but they are. They're solid. So I don't think that that was totally a surprise for Wyoming to get that double overtime victory against Texas Tech. That being said, the Red Raiders are playing an Oregon team that – uh, man, they're good, and they are one of the best teams in the Pac-12. I'm going to take Oregon, and I'll take them to cover. Yeah, look, it's it, Texas Tech couldn't ask for a better opportunity, you know, to correct what it what happened last week. I don't think they're quite there yet. I do think Texas Tech's going to end up being pretty good this year. I think Oregon's going to end up being very good, and is one of the in this in this loaded Pac-12. I, it's a great opportunity for Texas Tech. I'm excited for that reason, but I can't take them to cover. I, I can't take them with six and a half points after what we saw last week. I'll take Oregon as well. Paul, what do you think? Well, we did see what we saw, and it makes it very difficult to take Texas Tech. If I took Texas Tech right now, it would be an emotional pick because you right. want the Big 12 to cover and do well. And, and you know, after last week's performance in the Big 12, it wasn't very good, and my Baylor Bears didn't help things at all, uh, which I know Tommy's going to bring up some point, so I might as well bring it up first. But the point is, is that, Texas Tech, we want them to do well. They are not going to cover six and a half points, uh, or even with six and a half points, they're not going to. They're not going to win this bet. I, I, you know, I don't want to take Oregon, but I'm taking Oregon. All right, let's go to the NFL here for a few games. A big uh, rivalry divisional game. Joe Burrow got his big contract yesterday. They go to Cleveland. The Browns getting two points here. Look, Burrow has struggled against the Browns in his short career. Like, that's his kryptonite. And I, I think the Browns are looking for an opportunity here. Cincinnati started just a little bit slow last year. I don't think Cleveland is going to end up higher than Cincinnati in the standings or anything like that. But I'm actually taking this this week. I'll take the points here. Wow. And it's just that Burrow has wow. really struggled. Go look at the wow. numbers. Both Burrow against the Browns in general and Burrow in Cleveland. It's been rough for him in his career. So I'm going to try to do this the smart way because I love Cincinnati. I love Burrow. I love all those things. I think the Browns are going to cover this. Two points. I'll take it at home. And uh, I think I'll be on an island here, Paul. What do you think? Well, you know, that just every once in a while you shock me a little bit. I mean, after all, you've got 
you know, 216 million reasons why Joe Burrow is going to play well. I think, I think right now that the way things are standing with regards to that division, with regards to the Bengal, with everything that's going on with that team, I don't know why you wouldn't. Two points in this particular, even though it's at home for the Browns, I still think the Bengals cover. And I think they probably cover by a lot more than two. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals. Yeah, you you can have that island, Jacob, because, I mean, look, I think you said you wanted to be smart and take the points. Two points, that's really nothing. I mean, if it was, I would understand it more if it was like six or seven or eight points, you know, maybe taking that point, you know, the the for the, the Browns to cover that. But, man, at, at two, there's no way I'm going to take Cleveland to cover that. The Bengals not only will win, I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown in this opening game. No, it's not. The smart thing isn't the point. The smart thing is just to, you know, Joe Burrow struggled against. He's one and four against Cleveland in his career. Uh, Ten touchdowns, but five interceptions. So we'll see if he can buck that trend. I think it, I think Nick Chubb goes nuts in this game. And Cleveland, you know, they can they can make their statement okay. here. And I hate it because Bye. I love Cincinnati. I don't like picking against them, and I don't want to root for Deshaun Watson. So, uh, But we'll, we'll do it that way. All right, Niners-Steelers, this is one of the more popular upset picks of the week that I've seen. A lot of people on the Steelers plus two and a half at home here, Paul. What do you think uh, as, as the Steelers are the preseason darlings after Kenny Pickett looked great? Here's my question. How long does Purdy last in this game? Does he, does he play the first quarter before he gets hurt? Does he make it to halftime before he gets hurt? <laughs> does he make it to the fourth quarter before he gets hurt? The question is how long does he play? I don't know that he finishes the game. We know he's not going to make it to the middle of the season. For that reason, although I would like to take the 49ers, and the 49ers can cover this. I really do believe they can, and they might. But as long as Purdy is is the possibility of him getting hurt, which is like every snap, I'm going to take the Steelers. All right. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? Well, everybody is ready to crown the Steelers, and I don't understand why. I mean, I like Kenny Pickett. Don't get me wrong. I think Kenny Pickett is going to have a good season. He's got some really, really talented yes, targets and George Pickens and Deontay Johnson that and all correct. of that. I like yeah. I like the Steelers. And Mike right. Tomlin is always going to be a good coach and coach a good team. That's just the way that it's going to be. That being said, nothing has changed with the 49ers. And, and regardless about Brock Purdy, they've got fantastic skill position players. Nick Bosa is locked in. The holdout is done. They've got a pretty dominant defense. I don't buy this upset special. I'm taking the Niners, and I'll lay the two and a half. Great. Yeah, look, I, I get it. You know, it's it's a coast-to-coast -coast early game, but it's week one. It's not week four. That coast-to-coast -coast early game doesn't have the same impact it does late in the year. And this is the healthiest we're going to see San Francisco probably all year, right? Whether at, at a variety of positions. They're they're healthy and ready to go. I'm... I, you know, Tommy, I've I've been all over Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh this year. But San Francisco, this isn't the same kind of road game it would be late in the year. I'm on the Niners. I'll lay the points here. Um, Brock Purdy has a lot to prove. So does Kenny Pickett. I mean, I like Pickett. I like his weapons. But he definitely hasn't proved it yet. So we'll see. I'll take the Niners uh, and lay the points on the road. All right, Packers, Bears. Tommy, you're up first here. You like the Bears. You said this yesterday. Bears minus one. You think they open with a bang? Well, it's a pick em game right at minus one, basically. Who's going to win the game? And I just don't know enough about the Packers to be able to feel confident in picking them. It sounds like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson both have been dealing with injuries. And so who knows how effective they will be or if they will even play. You throw in their Jordan Love, who 
all bets are off. We don't know. We, we have no idea how effective he's going to be. It's a safer play to take the Bears. If that number was bigger, I might take a risk and jump on the Packers, but it basically a pick em. I know more about the Bears than the Packers. I'm confident the Bears are going to win this game. I've I've been on record putting the Packers ahead of the Bears in the division. I think the Packers are a chance to be one of the sneakier teams in the NFC. I think their defense is good, and I think that'll help them here. We'll see on Jordan Love, but he's got the weapons. Christian Watson's banged up. That makes me a little bit nervous. Without knowing Christian Watson's status, that does make this a little bit harder. But I'll just sort of bet on the Packers' defense a little bit. I'll take the Packers and take the point on the road. Um I'll probably regret it if Watson doesn't play, and we just don't know yet at this point. But as of Friday, I'll take the Packers. Paul, what do you think? Put you on an island there, big boy. You got it. That's a that's an island. All listen, right. Listen, here's the thing. We don't know what quarterback play for the Packers is going to really look like. Because I, I don't know. J- Jacob, I don't think you really know either. We've seen it's flashes. Been limited. Yeah, it's been limited. And you see flashes here and there, but – you know, there's still a lot of questions. Because we don't know where they are quarterback-wise, we don't know quality uh, over over time with, uh, with the Packers, with quarterback play, I'm going to take the Bears as well. And I might as well, at home, take the point. What the heck? I'm going to take the Bears. We talked about this next one yesterday with Chelsea Messenger. This feels like a trap to me. Eagles, Patriots, Eagles giving four points to the Patriots at home. And, guys, I'm, I'm taking too many road teams here. I'm going to take Philadelphia. This is one I saw that I'm like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why this is where it is. Philadelphia seems to have done nothing but get stronger. Maybe it's the Super Bowl hangover thing. I'm not buying into New England. I'll take the Eagles. I'll, I'll lay the four uh, in New England and, and take the Eagles there. Paul, what do you think? Well, I read earlier in the week that uh, Bella, Coach Belichick has broken up with his longtime girlfriend and it's in the headlines. It doesn't seem to be a very happy situation. And we all know that what havoc women can can reap in our lives, right, fellas? Right, fellas? Women. Hey, I'm gonna you're, I'm gonna let you. You're gonna be on an island here. Yeah. On this one. <laughs> I'm not gonna answer that question. <laughs> well, I was wanting to see what I could skid out of you two with regards to that. But anyway, my trap didn't work. You know something? I think there could be. I think there could be a lack of concentration with regards to uh, Coach Belichick. I know that's a simplification. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles as well. I really probably wouldn't do it if I hadn't read up, read about his breakup with his girlfriend. I would probably take the Pats plus the four. But in this case, fellas, I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, well, I guess that's as good a reason as any. Tommy, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I didn't know that we had transitioned into, like, entertainment tonight here all of a sudden talking about a breakup. <laughs> but... Um, Beyond that, I'm not going to talk about Bill Belichick's romantic life. I'm just going to tell you that the Philadelphia Eagles made the Super Bowl last year, and the Patriots are not a good football team. I I just don't think that they are. Uh, Mac Jones, yeah, he's going to start, but it wasn't that long ago that we didn't know if he was going to start another game for the Patriots. They added Ezekiel Elliott to be a change of pace back behind Ramondre Stevenson. All right, cool. Maybe he'll get some goal line carries. I just don't see the weapons that the Patriots have doing anything against this Eagles defense. And then you add in Jalen Hurts. You add in the fact that they've got all of these weapons in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and others. I think it's going to be a fairly easy cover for the Eagles to cover that four number. Yeah. I, I Again, trap, 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 trap. Trap. Something's trappy about that game. We'll find out. All right. Uh, last one here, fellas. Sunday Night Football. Cowboys, Giants. 
Giants getting three and a half points at home, Paul. Uh, what do you think on this one? Well, this is going to be a fun game to watch. I, I'm really interested in this game. You know, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to resurge this year. I like, uh, you know, with Dak back and being healthy, this is a team that's going to play pretty pretty good. I mean, the defense is going to be excellent. I think for that reason, I'm going to go ahead, even though the Cowboys are on the road and the Giants are getting three and, uh, three and a half points, I kind of I can't go against the Cowboys until I know who they are, and I think we'll know pretty quick. This will be a game we'll we'll then know who the Cowboys are. I am taking the Cowboys. Tommy Giants points at home, playoff team from a year ago. Yeah, I had a feeling that I might end up on an island here, and I, we're gonna wait to see what you pick here. But I'm gonna take the Giants, and I'll take the points at three and a half at home. Uh, I believe in Brian Dable. I'm, I'm a believer in him. It's year number two in the Brian Dable system, and I don't see a regression coming. I mean, really, nothing much has changed with this Giants team, and they were a playoff team a year ago. Danny Dimes, I think, will continue to thrive in Brian Dable's system. Saquon Barkley should be healthy and ready to go this season. And, and it's nothing against the Cowboys. I do think that the Cowboys will... Uh, you know, ultimately be a playoff team. But I think the Giants are a playoff team also this season. So that being said, at home and getting three and a half points, I'll take the Giants. Cowboys historically don't, I mean, they, they play fine on the road. The problem for me is the three and a half. If this was within three, I'd be a little more comfortable with Dallas, but I, I'm not comfortable with it. I think Dallas's defense is going to play great all year long. But they do. Until we see this offense led by Tony Pollard, who's never done it before, you know, they've got to be better in the past game. I, I, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in Mike McCarthy and, and the offense there. I think the defense will be great, but I'm not, I can't give three and a half points to, to no. the Giants. I'm You're gonna not going to give York. me an island? Oh, no, come on. I'm taking New York. I, I, I'm t- the three and a half is too many points on the road in an opener. That's a... That is a uh, Cowboys spread if I've ever seen one. There's no way the Cowboys should be three and a half point favorites on the road at New York. That's as, a that's as, a sucker deal. I don't a, I don't like that at all. As a son of West Texas, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Nah. Man. I thought I was Paul, getting an I could there. Go, we could go poll a hundred Cowboys fans, and it's a very pessimistic fan base right now, so I have no problem with that. Of course I'm gonna root for the Cowboys. I don't like the Giants, but I'm not giving three and a half points to them on the first game of the season at home. No way. Well uh, I'll take the Giants there. All right. I told I told you I'm trying to be smarter this year. Trying to be smarter. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that home works team, for you. divisional game, getting points like that. We'll 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 see how it goes. We'll see that uh real soon. Well, let's come back. Uh, Let's have some quick reactions. We'll finish up reacting to the Chiefs game. Then we'll get some high school football a little later in the hour uh, here on Sports Daily. It's Albrock. It's Caster. It's Savage on a Friday. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be with you uh, on the program. Let's talk about the Chiefs, fellas, here before we get to some high school football talk a little bit later in the hour. Um, man, Paul, I know you're on the Lions. I We've talked about you know the, the issues for the Chiefs. You, I know you like the Lions. That's a game the Chiefs should have won last night. But I, I do think that 
it's okay that they lost it. It's okay that they lost that game because the Lions looked pretty good. And they, you know, they did some things to also go win the game. As much as the Chiefs did things to lose the game, Paul, I think the Lions also did some things to go win the game. I, I just, I, I'm not overreacting. I'm still not picking the Lions to win their division. But I do think they showed us that, look, they, they can go into a big environment and win a big game just like they did late in the year last year. Yeah, but while I'm talking up Detroit and how much I like them and how much I like Dan Campbell, let's not forget that Detroit Lions did not score on offense as many points as the Chiefs did with a lousy performance on offense by receivers dropping balls right and left and all that. We I know you guys have covered that uh, all the way through this whole show. Uh, but let's not forget that the – that the Chiefs actually outscored uh, the Detroit Lions, and and with that being said, there there are some things though that you can look and you can say you got to get better at. I, I'll give you an example. One of the, the concerns for me was pushed by by the center of the defensive line by the by the Chiefs. You didn't get a lot. You didn't get a lot. Didn't get you, got a, you, you got a lot from Detroit, by the way, which was part of the problem for Mahomes throwing the balls that he had to throw, couldn't step up into the pocket, good push versus no push. And we all know that that's partly, you know, uh, the returning of, of Chris Allen. Once he's back, you'll get some of that. You know you will. But the point is, is that, you know, you drop those kind of passes, you look like a mediocre team, you're going to lose a game, even though you score more points, that pick six just killed him. And that was based, that pick six, by the way, you guys remember, I know you do, that was based upon a a missed pass, a bobbled pass, a pass that sure. went through somebody's hands, and then yeah. boy, that's how that works. That is just how that works. But you know something, I know a lot of people are writing off uh, to a certain extent the early start for the the Chiefs. But you know something, this is still a decent football team. You know they'll have some elements back. But man, I'll tell you what, when you lose a quality receiver like Kelsey, boy, it does make a difference, doesn't it, fellas? It does, Tommy. Paul brings up a good point on the lines. Detroit, Detroit's line was better, and Detroit did outgain Kansas City, and they ran the ball effectively, especially when they needed to late. Chris Jones's absence was felt, I think, both with no pressure on Goff and right. Detroit was able to run the ball. I don't really think it was, though, and, and that's something I've been thinking about since the end of the game is that the biggest offseason narrative, the Chris Jones holdout, I don't think really mattered all that much in, in the overall outcome of the game. I really don't. I mean, that that's not like if you're power ranking the issues that Kansas City had in the game last night, the lack of Chris Jones, I think is it's on the list, but it's not at the top of the list <laughs> by any means. It's honestly it's really not. It's really they, they got pressure in other areas. I thought George Karloftis had a pretty good game. Nick Bolton was all over the place. They were able to get some some help from the secondary. Yeah, for sure. You're you're you have a hard time replacing the production that Chris Jones brings to the table. But if, if Chris Jones sat there in that suite last night and thought, man, it's going to be apparent that they need me badly. I don't think that that really was the case at the end of the game. Sure. You need him. And I'm not going to say that he doesn't have an impact because he absolutely does, but I don't think it was glaring. I don't think that, you know, walking away from that game, you think, at least I don't think like, okay, like that was, they got to get him back on that field right now or the season is lost. Good Lord. Look, I, they, Detroit, Detroit ran for 115 yards and the Chiefs had one sack in the game. That's not, that's not Chris, jo like Chris Jones has never been a, a massive run stopper. No, like that's not why they have tackle. him on the field. Wait a second. He's, he's there to, right in he's the there to get, he's, he's a run stopper. To get, that's what he does. He's there to get pressure. He, now he's there to get pressure on the quarterback. He's that's there. what Chris Jones does. Okay. That's why he's a unicorn defensively because Paul. he's a 
Yeah. Go ahead. I, all right. All I was Paul, how, you're, you're a defensive line coach, Paul. Yeah, how is right. important is it to stop the run for a defensive tackle to draw blockers and clog that thing up? He occupies two guys at one time. And anytime you have a sure. single player who can occupy two players from the other team, advantage goes to your team. So I don't, you know, and it's not all about when you're a three tech like you are with, with Chris Jones. It's it's not all about sacks. It's not all about uh, number sure of tackles it is. that you make. It's all sure it is about Tom. Is Chris Jones? No, no, no. Let me, is does Chris Jones want to be one of the highest paid defensive players in the NFL to stop the run? Is that why he thinks he's garnering all of this money? No, it's because he can get to the quarterback in a way that other defensive tackles don't. That's why. He wants to garner the amount of money that he thinks pro, he's worth. I, I understand, the, but pro the, football the focus pressure. had him as the sixth best run-stopping defensive lineman interior not, in the NFL. I'm not saying that he's not a good run-stopper. I'm saying that that's not why he garners the amount of money. that. No, of course, I, that's, that's not the benefit what I'm, of the position the that I'm he's trying in to right make. now. Of course, it's his pass rush, but his ability to stop the run had an impact with him not being there last night. Detroit ran the ball effectively. Chris Jones would make an impact there. That's part of what he does. That's right. part of what every good defensive tackle does. And and when you but look, it, but it, oh, go ahead, Tommy. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say as as you're as you're looking at the game, you know, in retrospect, and the Chiefs are 0 and 1. Are the Chiefs 0 and 1 because Chris Jones sat in a suite and didn't play the game? No, that's not why they're 0 and 1. I can tell you why not why they're, they're 0 and 1. They're 0 and 1 because they weren't as physical on both sides of the ball as Detroit no. was. Yeah, they're oh, 0 and 1 because their skill position players couldn't catch the dang well, ball. That That's help. why they're 0 and 1. Okay. It's, a com- it's a combination sure. of things. I mean, it's no. it's all of these things contributed. And that's why it's like that's why I'm not overreacting to the Chiefs. All of these things went wrong and they still probably should have won the game. And and they didn't. So, let's give Earl a word here before we uh before we get out of the segment. Earl on the IHOP hotline wants to chime in. Earl, I figured we'd hear from you today. Uh what well, do you think of last night? Real quick, I got to agree with your compadre there. Dana put pressure on like Chris Jones did. As far as stopping the run, when Detroit tried to deflate the ball in the fourth quarter with two minutes to go, we stood up and we stopped them and got the football back in Patrick Mahomes' hands. Look, it comes down to a simple thing. You got to be able to catch the football. But then also, all last year, on third, fourth, and short situations, Andy brings out his stupid gadget plays that are just insane. And guess what? Second and one, we have it, and we end up punting. Third and one, we run crap plays, and we end up punting. We need to take the belldozer and, like the Philadelphia Eagles, put them in that push formation and get the one because that formation is unstoppable. The fact is we couldn't run the ball on one down situations again as we did last year even though we won a super bowl it's still a problem and two we couldn't catch the ball the defense played great they were the second highest scoring team in the nfl last year and their offense scored 14 points and if you can't win with your defense just giving up 14 points in this day and age of the nfl then you're not going to win many games so take Chris Jones, package him up in a deal to get us some receivers that can actually <laughs> catch a football. Thank you, Earl. And then the world will be better. One hundred percent. The defense played. One hundred percent. The defense didn't let us down, man. The narrative: Well, we knew Chris yep. Jones's impact would be felt. Yep. Maybe they would be better. What are they giving up? Seven oh. points then, and uh, you know that's. 
uh, that's absurd and out of context of what actually happened yep. in the game. So, Chief on, it's just the beginning. We just won't go undefeated this year. We just got to get healthy and learn from it, man. Learn from it because we got a hungry Jacksonville team that we put out of the playoffs that we got to go visit. So, we're staring down 0-2 if we're sitting here looking at ourselves in the mirror and not coming up with a reflection of how good we can be. Yeah. So, Chief on. There you go. I love yeah, that. I, I, look, this isn't some like contest of who whose absence was felt more, Kelsey or Jones. I think the reality is they were both felt. Boy, you got that. Uh, right. You know, it's not yep. it doesn't it's not some power ranking or anything like that. And my my point from the beginning of this show is it's fine. There's no need to overreact to this. It's it's fine. It's not that big a deal. And Chris Jones, I've said it for uh, Tommy. I've been saying it for six months. He's not going to gain leverage here. The Chiefs don't have to have him to win a Super Bowl. Like, my thought on that has not changed for me to say him being on the field would have been better than him not being on the field last night. There there was not a single moment in the game last night that I blatantly thought, oh, my God, if Chris Jones was here, the Chiefs would be blowing the doors off the Lions. That that never entered my mind last but night at all. that's never you know going to happen. You know why? Because the defense played pretty solid. Mike they did Dana, play pretty well. Filled in pretty well. Carlotta's had a good game. Nick Bolton was incredible. Trip McDuffie carried the load. The defense was fine last night without Chris Jones. There's no leverage. They didn't lose the game because he didn't play. We so there's pull, no like, leverage what is, that Chris what Jones What bizarro has. world has happened? Tommy, you told me all summer that they can't win a Super Bowl without Chris Jones. No, I like, didn't. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say they couldn't win a Super Bowl without Chris Jones. I said that their chances are better with him on the field for sure. I never said they had to have him. But you know what? You get into the season and you watch one game without him there, and I don't think the absence was, was felt that much. It, it doesn't. He's not going to gain leverage. I don't understand why he's holding out. That's the point. Like, he won't gain leverage here. I don't care if they go 0-6. He's not going to gain leverage enough for them to, to break their financial plan. We're going to talk a ton more about this next week, obviously. Let's come back. Let's preview some of the high school football. Uh, Tommy brought up a good point during the commercial there. We probably need to pick the Colorado-Nebraska game this weekend. We'll do that before the end of the show as well. A lot to cram in here to the final 20 minutes or so on the program. It's Sports Daily. All brought Caster Savage. Matt Henderson will join us to preview the high school football week next. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Let's talk a little high school football for you here. Uh, we're getting Matt Henderson on that. He is getting tracked down. Paul, it was a good high school week in the first week. Uh, you were out with East narrowly ah. missing one uh, a week ago. But uh, look, you know, what you think of the Aces there in the first week? Well, there's a lot of kids that run, run real well. Uh, as one of those situations, much like the Detroit uh, Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Detroit won the game actually having scored fewer points, and that's what happened with us. We scored four touchdowns. Washburn Rural scored three touchdowns. But a pick six will kill you. A pick six will kill every football team that there's ever existed, and that's what hurt us, and we lost by one point. So it's one of those things, but, you know, uh, a lot to build off of. Nobody's discouraged. That's the beautiful thing about high school football. You're on to the next week. You're on to, to bigger and better things. You're on to making yourself a better football player and a better. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. And that's why high school sports are the greatest thing in this country, in my opinion. All right, Matt Henderson joins us. Catch at Kansas entering week two. Uh, Matt, we just talked about East last week. They get Capen at home this week. Let's go there first. Uh, what do you think of that when Capen is, you know, trying to contend for a state title this year? They really put it up on Wichita South, and, and that's one of the premier City League games this week here already in week two. Yeah, that match, Chef. I mean, I'm expecting a lot of offense. Like, you look at Capen, Amari Elias, that dude is incredible running back. Probably going to hit 2,000 yards rushing again this year, so I believe we have third straight year doing that. So he's, like, that hard to stop. We saw they, when they dropped 72 points on South last week. But East High, they can, they can throw the ball as well as anybody. Deontay Mitchell, three touchdowns last week, over 240 yards passing against a very good Washington Rural team that they almost beat. Losing that game at last second on that uh, um, blocked extra point, so I think that this game. I mean, last last year East caught us by surprise when they beat Cape in twenty twenty. Excuse me, twenty twenty two is kind of a down year for the for the Crusaders compared to what, where I think where expectations were. But this year, I mean, lofty again, lofty as ever for them. I wouldn't be surprised if Cape is able to go out there and beat him again. But honestly, that feels like a game that could go either way to me. Real quick, Matt. Obviously, the the big storyline Wichita Northwest. Uh, just what they did a week ago and, and where they are ranked now in Class 6A. I, I, it was impressive. It was an impressive statement for them a week ago against Bishop Carroll. Where do you think that that, that win propels them moving forward? I enter, Entering the year, I had them as my my state championship pick in Class 6A, and I feel like that kind of like really like shows just how good this team can really be this year because they have so many good athletes on that team. Like we knew about Jace Glasper, and he's now playing like a hybrid position as they move Jalen Mason, who's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the state, maybe in the country. We'll, we'll see how recruiting rankings shake out there. But class of 2026, see John Michael Fountain, Deuce Bohannon at running back, who's backing up Sincere Thompson, guys like Michael Lopez. They have a great defense as well. Like, I mean, holding Bishop Carroll, a team that we know can put up points to seven points, is crazy. That team, it, they are probably one of the going to be one of the more exciting teams we're going to watch all year. Highly recommend getting out to the game to watch them play at some point if you haven't yet. All right, Hindo, we're on a quick segment today. Give us one more, maybe a little off the radar, that you've got your eye on uh, for folks to pay attention to today. I don't know if it's off the radar, but I'm interested to see how Valley Center and Goddard go. There are two teams that last year um, kind of really had good turnaround seasons, both uh, going from losing records to winning records a year ago, and both teams can really run the ball. Damont Mucker with Valley Center. We talked about him his second year in that program, but Goddard, they beat campus last year with last week without throwing a pass. Michael Johnson, a great bell cow running back. They're a single wing now, kind of like what we see at Conway Springs and Garden Plain or in Pratt, stuff like that. So that I think that game, not a lot of passing, but could be a lot of offense and kind of be really curious to see how that one goes. All right. Uh, look, you've got catchatkansas.com, the Catch at Kansas show tonight at 1035 on the KSCW. It's more than just football. There's some volleyball coverage as well at catchatkansas.com. Have a great week two, Hendo, uh, and we'll be back next week to, to get ready for week three. 
Yep, thanks, guys. There goes Matt Henderson. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. It's a busy weekend on the networks here. We'll tell you where and when you can hear everything next on Sports Daily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 